Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Chocolate with the Side of Medicine. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Sunshine, and I am joined by my lovely co-hosts. We have Dr. Chris. Hey, guys. We got Amy Jo, MD. What's up? And we got Dr. Nono. Hey. And we are with you for another week. Hello, lovely people. I think this is going to be our last episode um, before Halloween, or actually... Actually, I think this might come out the same week as Halloween because Halloween's Cause on the weekend. This is thriller. <laughs> thriller <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> I don't know So I just want to take a moment. I just want to take a moment to, you know. You know what? I'm trying My to bad. Have, I, I was You're trying to have a saying. serious moment, then I got these two over here doing whatever they want to do. This is what happened when you record in a week. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, I know. I just wanted to tell people to be safe because you know Delta's still out here and there's Halloween parties and you know the boogeyman that'll get y'all. You know, and everybody out here dressed like Squid Game and all of the <laughs> madness and just it's just a lot happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all dressing up Halloween or not? Nah? Mm-hmm. I want to see my face right now. <laughs> Amy Jo's face explains it all. I actually, so I actually bought um, a Halloween costume. It's like a couple's costume, which we may or may not use. I don't know. I don't feel like we're actually going to use so it this cute. year. I, you know, that wasn't the intention. You know, we actually wanted to. Okay. So what happened was I did want to dress up, but then I realized that um, I'm going to have company during the weekend. Like my best friend's going to come visit. We're going to be like all around doing different stuff. So I don't think we're actually going to do anything like Halloween centric, you know? But we had bought, like, costumes before then. I'm like, we could just save these for next year. But originally, we wanted to be, like, Marvel characters. Like, I was trying to find, like, you know, a bomb, like, Marvel costume or something and, like, revamp it. And, like, anyway, whatever. It didn't work out. So then we got something really cheesy, which was, I think, funny more so than, like, oh, look at that costume you pulled off. Ah! Like, it's not one of those. It's more like, oh, this is cheesy. This is cute. But we might not even wear it because we're going to be all around, you know, the city hosting and stuff. So we'll see. So what you get? Like ketchup and mustard? <laughs> you know what's so funny? You're not far off. You're not far off. Oh, it's, actually, it's actually this couple's costume where, like, one's a donut and the other one's a cup of coffee, like cold brew coffee. It's uh, like, coffee, oh and, my like coffee and a donut. <laughs> but it's super cute because, like, we walked all around the store and I'm like, listen, they don't have, like, the costumes or accessories or nothing that I want. Like, I was trying to be, like, you know, like a like a – like a black fly version of like Black Widow, because you know Scarlett Johansson, she's kind of a little subpar. But you know, I was gonna like do it like like ah, or like a Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? I was gonna like really like jazz it up. But I'm like, man, they don't have my size. You know, I I feel like I never the size that I am. I feel like it goes very quickly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I feel like we, we we were too late in the game, and I'm like, listen, none of these are the right size. All the accessories I need are gone. I'm like, man, this is like the scraps of the scraps, and we were like two, two three weeks early, and I was like, man, listen, these people go hard for Halloween. They had their outfits like months ago, and I'm like, listen, clearly, clearly, I lost my touch. <laughs> Our office uh, well, did some candy, so I contributed my you know donations so they can make candy bags for. They take them to everybody. Ask how many people you have in your family. If you've got people that you want to hand them out to, so we make Aww. sure everybody has bags. So they can, you know, give them to their people. That's cute. That's all my contribution. 
That's yeah. super cute. That I is really you, nice. I thought you were going to say they give it to the, the pediatrics kids in your office. That's what I thought you were going to say. Like the kids mm-hmm. that come for their visits? No? No, but you know what? If there's candy left over, we, we're getting more peds now that we've got a couple of um, newer docs in. You know, I'll, I'll hold on to some. You know, it's always hard because I don't want to set somebody's kid off on a sugar rush and they're like, <laughs> No, the candy, right. no candy salt. It's like, Doc, you just told me to give her more fruits and vegetables, and here you go giving her a Milky Way. Like, right. what was, what's, what's, <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of mean. It's just like you had all this time and you sending them home, and then I got to deal with this. Like, that's yeah, mean. I'd be like, my bad. So <laughs> I try not you know, to. I've become more sensitive to that now that I have lots of friends that have kids. You know, I'd be having to ask them, like, hey, can I give her some sugar or no? <laughs> and they'll be like, uh-uh, it's bedtime in 30 minutes. No sugar. They're like, uh-uh, no. Don't do They're like, are you going to take care of her when she's bouncing off the walls? I'm like, okay. No, okay. I'm not. You know, right. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, younger me used to just give it to them, like, oh, you want a lollipop? Parents be looking at me like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, Why would you not. give them a lollipop? Didn't you just hear me say that it's time for bath and bed? Didn't you right. just hear me say that? I'm like, oh, my bad. I don't have kids. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> best thing about Halloween is I get to play Christmas music right after it. So that's it. Christmas music, Christmas uh, music after Halloween? But yeah, this yes. Thanksgiving, though. Wait, will you skip Thanksgiving? No, I mean, I'm, I'm here for the food, but no, it's all Christmas from but, like, November what? 1st to December 31st. <laughs> but December is, 25th, sorry. I wish you could see all of our faces song. looking at uh, Dr. Yeah. No No. I'm literally named after the holiday, so it's kind of a thing. <laughs> Christmas was done very big in my family, so we take you it know, very seriously. You said it was I not very big? It's very it big. Very oh, it's very it big. big. Okay. Now you know what? I can't sh- I can't shade that that time frame because my time frame is about the same length of time, but it's 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 shifted. So I celebrate Christmas all through it, like through, we'd be like mid-January, almost February. And I'd be like, all right, okay. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Valentine, I mean, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. I, I mean, to, I, I do to. that just because I'm too lazy to take my tree down. Girl. No. Oh <laughs> um, but then, but then if you think about it, there's no like real Thanksgiving songs. They should come out with a Thanksgiving song. Isn't it? What do you mean? Yeah, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. That's, a song. Oh, that's my thing. Oh, right I didn't know that. You name it. was getting it. Oh my god! Listen, <laughs> I didn't know this. I think he was what? That's her. So, Doctor Chris, you put a tree up as well at your home? I I don't I don't do it. So now that I live alone, there's no tree. Oh, it was always other people that did it. And I was just like, great. I was here for it. Get them the stuff, but they would really decorate. But now that I'm by myself, it's like, well, they got why the am I doing this? Like, I have I had a tree up one time in the past 10 years. Oh, I put it up. <laughs> and that is because Dr. Sunshine lived with me. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, Christmas is a big deal to me. Christmas is Christmas rules all in my household. I grew up in the most festive household you would ever imagine, and it's festive for all the holidays. I'm talking Easter, I'm talking Halloween, I'm talking Thanksgiving. It's constantly festive in our house. Even St. Patty's Day, my mom have green stuff everywhere. It's just a festive household. It's also probably because my mom's a teacher. Well, was a teacher now, you know, a principal and all that. But I think because she was always around kids, everything was always like, oh, like. Put the stuff up. Let's go. Spirit week. Ah! 
Like it was, it was you know, it was always a, a thing. Yo, you know, that explains so much about Doctor Sunshine. Like, mm-hmm. really? Honestly, yeah. Like that's just how she is. I like, mean, don't get me wrong; it was beautiful. Like we had, you know, just decorations everywhere. And because even though I won't put up a decoration, I will comply with the celebration. If the lights weren't on and I got home before her, I would still plug it in. Like, let me turn the lights would. on. I'd be like, oh, it's she time. Let me put the lights on. I, you know, I can roll with it. But she's a team if, player. <laughs> now, when I lived with my previous roommate, we were kindred spirits. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't put up a single decoration and we're just fine. But we did have eggnog milkshakes every oh, time. Oh, that's just That sounds that's good. Nice. That's dope. With or without alcohol? Uh, uh, probably uh. with alcohol probably there's with any in there probably with the one time i didn't have it let me tell you this a horrible story so <laughs> <laughs> what is about to happen right well, now? so i broke my foot in medical school playing what? football what dislocated the toe you know i had to have surgery two pins all kinds of stuff and it was christmas holiday and um I had been at my mom's house and I was ready to go home. So um, my iPad got ran over by a car and I got mad. And so I stormed home. I was, man, I was real hot. Oh, so, wait, 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 wait. Yo, your this, books, this story is insane. And then so I had surgery. IPad? I had surgery. And so I went home to my mom's house and somewhere in there, my sister decided to put my iPad on top of my mom's car before she left for something. And and the case was black. And so we couldn't see it because it was blend it blended in. And so I can remember heading to an appointment, like, what was that? So what was that sound? But we didn't know what it was until we got back <laughs> and realized that the iPad was in the street getting run over. Like it was so flat by the time we pulled it out <laughs> the street. So I find my oh. iPad on this busy road. Out of the case, case just sitting somewhere in the grass. I mean, people have just smashed it, right? And so I am upset. I'm so hot. I'm like, I'm going home. So I'm hopping on my crutches because I can't have any weight. And I get home. <laughs> I should have laughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm home. And I'm like, you know what will make me happy? Uh, eggnog milkshake. And I remember that we've got like a corner of ice cream left. And we've got some eggnog. And even though I can't <laughs> be on my foot, we've got a desk chair that's on wheels and we've got wood floors so it should be easy so I put in all this effort I'm sweating y'all I'm like trying to roll myself (laughs) and I'm rolling to the kitchen I'm on this one leg I'm like man this is harder than I thought man so I make this milkshake fill it up in this plastic cup that I always use you know no big deal I'm tired though I'm trying to roll back to the couch and so um I go to put the milkshake on the little tray in front of the tv it falls over the damn plastic plastic cup shatters and milkshake (laughs) spills all over the floor (laughs) did you roll home i would have just rolled this in my bed I'm over. I'm done. Like left it on the floor and just rolled into your room with the bed. Plastic cups are indestructible. How does it just shatter? (laughs) There are tears like welling up in my eyes as I'm looking (laughs) on this floor. Like, so now I'm on my stomach because I can't put weight on my damn foot. Trying to wipe up the milkshake. 
I was so mad. So I did the best I could. And then I just rolled over. And since I was so tired, I put my foot up on the couch and I took a nap right there. I told you, take a nap. Like, what's this? Because I had no energy left. And I was like, I woke up next to sticky towels where I was trying to wipe up the ice cream and the eggnog. And, you know, I was just like, this is why I don't do holidays. Um, This is why you don't do holidays? How you going to blame the whole holiday on that? Blame the whole holiday season. Are you trying to tell me that this is where your love for holidays died? Is this where it died? Nah, nah. Well, you know. Did it die before that? I love holidays. Thanksgiving is my holiday. Mm -hmm. I want to eat food. I remember when we did the soul food episode, you're like, oh, this is my day. (laughs) <laughs> I want to eat food and watch football. Listen, that's all I want to do. I want to yeah. eat and watch football. I love Thanksgiving. It's amazing. You don't have to think about it. You just have to exist in it. You just have to show up. It's the best <laughs> holiday ever. It requires nothing of you. Halloween, you got to get scared. I got to dress up. You know what I'm saying? I got to be terrified all day. Something's going to jump out the bushes. Like, I don't understand why you need so much from me. But Thanksgiving <laughs> is just... Come as you are and eat, <laughs> take naps, watch football, eat again, take naps, watch football. Like that's all you're required to do. It's a in welcoming any random holiday. place. Yeah. Welcoming holiday. You know what I'm saying? It's inclusive. This thing on that's true. Because Christmas, Christmas, you know, people would say, Oh man, you gotta bring gifts or you know, yeah, you gotta exactly. like you know, it's it's like all this like expectations for Christmas and expectations for Halloween. Thanksgiving is just like we out here. <laughs> Right, I mean, if you're going someplace, it's nice etiquette to bring something, but it's not necessarily like, probably don't necessarily have to. I don't even know who has trending topics. Me. Oh, Amy Jo. What's trending in the world? Okay. What's going on? I hate to always talk about COVID, but Mm, before you talk about COVID, I did want to say that I got feedback from a lot of listeners that were really happy that we talked about Squid Game. That's all. Last Ah. week. And you and you and you prompted that whole thing. That was like not that was not on the agenda. And even the agendas we have for these episodes are like so loose, y'all. We barely have an agenda. But like Squid Game was like not on there. (laughs) What's that then? I vote that we can talk about insecure. And you on our upcoming episodes at some point. Uh, we can't talk about it now because people are still watching it. But um, but but then what? What I would say about I do love how Insecure has been done. I think a lot of the stuff that they do is very purposeful, and I love mm-hmm. it. And I, I I'm here for it. I love it. I had a I had a couple problems with last season though, but I'm not here to be Debbie Downer. I didn't, but I also watched other black shows. Like I didn't like the fact that it pivoted towards like a storyline that they had in the game with like girl Melanie and Derwin and the baby on the side, right when they got their shit together. Like that's very like the whole like Lawrence having a baby is very the game. Like when girl Melanie and Derwin had their shit together, then left and came back, and he's like, Oh man, I got I got, yeah. I got to tell you something, babe. I got to. That's true. I guess, yeah. That's true. I you know. know. I, mean? I, I hate that. I hate that. Like we work on ourselves and we have a character arc and now we're back. And then, oh, there's a baby. I hate that storyline. Right. I'm like, oh, 
it doesn't it doesn't give any honor to the fact that sometimes it does work out right yeah we got yes. so many yes. stories we got so yep. many stories about oh it never works out like can we get one story where it does work out for the awkward oh. black girl like could we get yes that? everybody's so scared to you know everybody's so wanting to play up you know this concept that the reality is that it just doesn't work out but sometimes but it, it does, does. Yeah. Sometimes i agree it does i agree and that's what i was rooting for but anyway amy joe back to your trending topic so of course um covid is commanding our full attention but we'll keep it short and sweet so um in the New York Times, they were talking about uh, that the FDA has approved vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds. And so not to go too deep into the article, the vote was 17-0 in favor um, with one person that um, abstained from voting, but made this big push. But it was not without its um, conversations. And so I wanted to make just kind of a bring note to, you know, one of the things that... Um, Dr. James Hildreth, he is the president and CEO of Meharry Medical College, was saying that, you know, since five, since children five to 11, many have already developed some immunity after contracting the virus because we sent them all back to school and they just, you know, got it like crazy that mm-hmm. maybe the need to vaccinate broadly in that age group may be less urgent mm-hmm. and that we're really vaccinating for we're vaccinating children to protect adults and it should be the other way around is what Mm -hmm. his quote was. And he also said that he does believe that children at highest risk do need to be vaccinated, but vaccinating all the children to achieve that seemed a bit much for me. So Dr. Hildreth (laughs) had some things to say. He also took some issues with um, the fact that Pfizer's pediatric trial included few children of minority groups who tend to be at greater risk of bad outcomes from COVID. And so he had some um, very uh, pointed opinions and thoughts about the study, even though overall there was a unanimous vote um, for all who voted to say um, we're in the clear to vaccinate children from 5 to 11. So I thought that was interesting Hmm. that even though there was, you know, people think 17 over... 17, you know, when I hear like, oh, unanimous votes, or they think, you know, we all voted for it, um, that somehow means that, you know, all the scientists were hypnotized, like, yes, we should vaccinate 5 to 11. But I thought it was a good opportunity in the article to kind of hear that everything that comes down as a decision to go forward doesn't happen just without effort or without some discussion. And so, um, it's nice to, to hear that we have representation on the other side and people saying, you know, all right, that's fine because we're going to protect children, but we're not going to act like black children or children of color are being represented in these studies. So I appreciated that he made that very clear that that's how he felt, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the beauty of black doctors, black scientists, black researchers, black medical schools, you know, shout out to Meharry Medical College and all the other black medical schools out there. So they have people that are also on these boards that are, you know, giving opinions of, you know, us everywhere. So, but we are going to start, you know, getting the green light to vaccinate five to 11 year olds. This was a topic that came up recently. So um, I was in a very black space recently. Uh, The co-hosts are looking at me as I am undoing these. So I recently got my hair rated. So I was at the hair shop. Anyway, so I was in a very black space 
And the topic of vaccines came up. And because I'm new to the area, I kind of just wanted to hear their thoughts and feelings on it. Um, because a lot of the women that were there were moms and they were talking about their, um, their experiences with their children and the vaccine mandate. And then there's word that they're actually going to start like mandating it because California is very liberal and that the mayors and governors were going to like, you know, mandate it so that all the kids have to be vaccinated to go to school. Like that's kind of like the whispers happening in California. So I'm in this very black space and I'm listening to all these people talk, you know, different points of view. Some are nurses, some are, you know, like very diverse setup. And one of the ladies said something and she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not vaccinated. She's like, so why would I ever vaccinate my child before I get vaccinated? I'm still personally on the fence, but if push came to shove and I have to get it, I would definitely get it before I let my children get it because that just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know why there's all this focus on vaccinating the kids. She's like, I will probably be vaccinated sooner rather than later, but why would I vaccinate my child before I'm vaccinated? I feel like the focus is on the wrong group. And I found that to be so interesting mm -hmm. because it kind of aligns with what Dr. Like Amy Jo MD just said. Yeah. Because, you know, the folk putting the focus on the kids is not not saying it's not important, but it's it's we haven't successfully completed our first mission and now you're adding on another mission. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right. I feel and she's like, she's like, and I feel like a lot of parents also feel the way that I feel. You know, no parent is going to give the vaccine if they haven't gotten the vaccine. She's like, that's that's she's like, most moms would not do that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, OK, so it prompted a whole discussion and it was interesting, you know, so. And keep in mind, I'm quoting Dr. Hildreth. I and I get it. And I guess I think the one thing I think about, like when I go to work as an adult or when other adults go to work, we've got the opportunity to, you know, I get the opportunity to mask, shield you know, headgear, all that kind of stuff, whatever I need to do to do the job. But if I send my five to 11 year old to school, I don't know that I believe that my five year old would um, keep his or her mask on all day. So also they're in a classroom with the kids. And so the ability to control the environment is very different for a kid than it is for me as an adult. Correct. So on one hand, I completely understand this parent's thing, but at the on this on the other hand, I'm like, but they're the person that's got the least autonomy in exposure. So maybe I do vaccinate the person that's got the least decision makings and 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 how they go about deciding to or not to get exposed. Because think about the schools. Remember when the schools first started? I mean soon as the doors open and we sent people back to school for states that did, I'm in South Carolina, every time you looked up, there was chunks of children. All right, you got to go home. You've been exposed, you know, all these things. And as right. a parent, you couldn't do anything about that. So as a parent, yeah, maybe I went to work. I worked in my cubicle. I kept my mask on the whole time. If somebody came over, I decided to get up go to another part of the building. I don't know, right? There were options, you know, for adults or maybe options for adults, but that wasn't there for the kids. Um, but I think what's important is that, you know, one of the things that Dr. Hildreth said in the article is he said, you know, we've massively infected kids already. So do they need the vaccine urgently right now, right? It isn't like we're trying to catch them before they got infected. We kind of sent them back to school and in mass, they quickly spread COVID from one to the other. Um, and to their families. And to their families. A lot of my patients got COVID from their children who were sent to school. It's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. It is hard because I also talked to a lot of people that I think all the people who wanted to get vaccinated 
have gotten vaccinated, right? The people who were like, oh, yes, let's do it. Everybody else now, these are all the on the fencers who I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, these mm-hmm. are people that are trickling trickling in now that have mandates through their profession or their, their workplace. Yep. yep. And you got some that were on the fence. Um, but now the job is making them do it. So you're like, all right, I'm here. Cause you know, I gotta, you know, well, I, it was just a matter of time. I know so something. many people like that. Yeah. They're like, well, nothing's really pushing me to or to not. I was just living my life and not my job said I need it. Well, I guess. And then they just go and get it. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of those that are like, yeah, I'm just here to get my, my vaccine, you know? And I'm like, well, what just not? Well, my job said we got to get it by Friday. So, you know, I'm just kind of getting here. I'm just going to get this real quick. And, you know, so there's that group, but then, you know, what's gonna, you know, the, the, the mix is getting there more and more specific. And so what we're going to finish off with in another three months is the group that is like, I ain't getting it. You can't make me and all this stuff. Listen, what we're not going to do though, we're not going to argue about it in my clinic. Uh, it's available. Do you want it? No. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that group that's left, there's no sense in, you know, debating it. I want you to be safe. You're not ready. Let me know when you are. But yeah. I Go re- ahead, Amy jo. I remember what other article I want to talk about. I don't know if you're going to cut it out or not, uh, Dr. Sunshine, but I will bring it back up. My bad. You said you had one. I'm going to bring it back up if we if we don't make the cut because this is awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know how long Chris is going to talk. Okay. So I was <laughs> cruising down the street in my six foot. No, I wasn't. Oh, I was like, let's go. What we talking about? So I came across this article that talked about a flesh eating STI. Oh my God. Uh (laughs) Yeah. What the hell? (laughs) So, um, in in the UK, uh, there is a a sexually transmitted infection, donovanosis. That's had growing cases since 2016. So they call it flesh eating, but it's a sexually transmitted infection and it causes these red, beefy, ulcer-like lesions in the genital. And they look horrible. So they literally look like you got a flesh eating bacteria on your penis or your vagina. It's the worst. Uh, But it is increasing in growth in the UK. And so, of course, everybody is like, do we need to be afraid? Now, the epidemiologists and doctors are saying that, you know, the United States is it's rare to see a case. And so they're not concerned yet, but you know, as old folks say, keep on living. And um, yeah. So I wanted people to know, like there is something. Yes. Ah! So you get these thick sores on your, on your genital and it can progressively damage the tissue. Can you imagine having to debreed a penis for an STI? Oh my God. I'm I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna tell them what what they need, but I'm gonna send it to somebody else. I'm but yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you to do that. If you haven't seen the pictures, you should like literally Google it. It's horrible. Don't do it. Oh, no, don't do it, y'all. <laughs> I think y'all have the stomach for this. It is horrible, and so um, but there's a treatment. So um, I think it's a uh, azithromycin, doxycycline, cipro, and bactrim. then you have to debride it too, right? You have to debride, right. If the tissue dies, you have to debride it, but you have oh. to be on these antibiotics for three weeks or until oh. the sores have completely healed. Oh, oh, that puts a damper on your sex life. Yo, <laughs> it's, it's a wrap. <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, if it's an STI and it is, I, I can't even, I can't even get the words here. That's what I'm trying to say. 
But if if something, if there's a flesh eating anything on my genital, the best news you can tell me is that it has a treatment and I will do the treatment no longer, no matter how long it takes. There's something literally eating my genitals. Like, what are we talking about right now? Yeah. But what she- you gonna say to me? Oh, dang, doc, three weeks. What? <laughs> you should be happy there's a treatment. What if there wasn't a treatment? Your penis would just look like this forever. Are you kidding me? Bruh, what? I just imagine are, leaving are, your, yeah. your penis or your vagina with these like punched out how healed, healed down lesions no, no. where it's kind of like I've, I've healed seen up these images. And... i've seen these images no one wants to leave nothing like that that doesn't make any sense i don't understand it's it's I don't bad get it. so, so yes. this looks like the this looks like the boobobs that you get with the bubonic plague like right it looks yeah. horrible and on top of that think about it when you're talking about like the pelvis and genitals that area is warm it's moist like that's just like that's this is the recipe for you to see dr no no that's all this is like that's gonna that's gonna worsen you're gonna get some type of super infection you're gonna feel like crap and you're gonna see dr no no in the hospital and she's gonna give you something like she's gonna give you fluids iv antibiotics like how did we get here you You also have to like sit with your legs up for like three weeks just with just aerating the whole thing like listen let's just get as much you know i mean they're they're treating it essentially like you know with chlamydia and gonorrhea like you get you, you need to identify your sex partners and they also would need to get treated and then also like people that have the flesh eating thing um and if you also have hiv then you would need to get a special regimen to help treat both So, okay, now we're going to take like a really different turn, like a real strong pivot, like all the way, like 180. (laughs) This is totally different from what we've been talking about. Okay, so my topic uh, for today. So I wanted to talk about Brazilian butt lifts, BB, (laughs) also known as BBL surgeries. So, what? now i know this is probably a strange topic like why would she want to talk about that so so many thoughts because i mean i'm gonna be honest so i thought about it because you know i don't know when this happened i kind of felt like there was this shift i'm trying to remember when it really happened but it was like at first it was like with women it was more about getting breast surgeries, augmentation, like it was the thing like to have breasts, right? And then all of a sudden it was all about the back. It's all about having (laughs) booty. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sorry, maybe I felt kind of a way because I don't really, I'm not blessed in that area. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, I I, I do, I do have some, I have, I have breasts, but, um, I'm kind of lacking in the booty area. And I don't know. I just kind of felt like it's just taking a taking like a a different turn, I guess, with social media and everything. And um also I've also had a, a couple of patients that have come to me because they wanted to do that. Like they found a surgeon, they're gonna do it. And a lot of times they would come to me because they need clearance for the surgeries. And so mm-hmm. um so therefore I had to learned a little bit more about it because it, it wasn't something that we really did in our training <laughs> per se. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just noticing that it's becoming more of a thing now. So I just wanted to, you know, highlight it and talk about it and actually p- let people know like 
what it entails and um, what the dangers are behind the surgery and kind of like a little Mm -hmm. bit about how it started in a sense. Um, Try to give you a little bit of a full picture. And I just want to say that I am not judging anybody. I am not trying to uh, body shame anybody. Not at all. Cause I am all about, I want you to be happy in yourself and, <laughs> you know, be your best, be your best person. And sometimes like certain things like your appearance also helps in your confidence. Right. And some people mm-hmm. take to that. And if you look a certain way, you feel more confident, you do more things, you're better. You're just better all around, you know? And for instance, like people work out because they want to look a certain way. Right. And so Mm -hmm. people do some surgery so they could look a certain way. And sometimes, you know, that looking that way makes them happier. And that's all well and good. I just want you to be safe. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So the BBL, it did come from Brazil and it's actually been around way longer. It really did? Yeah. It really came from Brazil? Yeah, it really started in Brazil. Okay. And it really has been around much longer than I thought. So Dr. Ivo... Pentagni, he was the person that they give credit to invent the surgery. And this surgery has really been around till like even it was performed like it kind of like in the 1960s. I think came in medical journals around that time, but really just became popular pretty much when like Kim Kardashian and J Lo like they pretty much came to the scene. Like it's been like super popular then. Because remember when they first came on the scene, like everybody swore like, man, these these girls got real booties. Like yeah. Kim Kim K probably, I feel like Wait, I'm no, sure she wasn't I the think... first person to ever get like a no, BBL, no, right? Right. But I feel like she was the first person that I remember everybody trying to figure out like, is she just gifted and it's got a big old booty, mm. or did she have surgery? Yeah, yeah, and 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 they even even in the articles that I've even looked up and things I looked up, they were like, oh, in the show, I think because she got so much like slack about that like she even decided like oh she's gonna do an x-ray to show that that she really has a booty but that this is kim yeah. right but the x-ray wouldn't show yeah, that kim who cares nobody cares that much why are you why are you proving things to strangers live your life what yeah you here? should and also an x-ray just would not confirm nor deny no, that it wouldn't so anyway that's neither here nor there and um so yeah so it's it's really common, they said, like, according to the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, docs in America, they performed upwards to 40,000 surgeries in 2020 alone. And mm. between the years of 2015 and 2019, the demand for BBLs has increased by 90.3%. Wow. Yeah. And your price ranges can go from anywhere from $2,000 to $30,000. Right? Wait, what kind of what kind of cheeks you get for thirty k? Give me a car with that. Yes, it, well, a lot of it probably also depends on where you go to get the surgery, right? Because that's 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 the thing, right? Probably the dangerous part about it is that um, you have people that are performing the surgeries that are not necessarily board certified or trained to have these surgeries, right? And because these surgeries are cosmetic. So your insurance companies are not going to cover this. You literally have to come out of pocket for this surgery, right? So mm-hmm. people go to um, different countries where it's cheaper and they get that, but there's there aren't certain regulations. And even in the States, which I was even surprised to know, 
I didn't even know that. Like um, Florida, like allow medical doctors to practice and treat patients in any field as long they as long as they obtain consent from the patient. So, as a family medicine doctor, I could say, I could do your BBL surgery for you. Do you want to sign and say it's okay? Of course, and I, I can mean, do that. Oh and God. it's legal. Wait, but you got to have at least like, wait, so many hours of certification. Nah, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. No, if you have a if you have a place that you do it like you do it in your office, like you can't you can't do something a surgery like this in a hospital, right? Because in the hospital they require that you have the certifications to do all of that. So like if you wanted to set up in your practice and you just say like, yay, yeah, I did this before. Like I could just inject you. It's okay. If As long as the patient says it's okay, it's fine. Of course, if something goes wrong, you know, the patient can sue you for like their damages, like civil damage and malpractice and all of that. But- Well, this is only for doctors. Are they including all health professionals in that designation? So like, are we talking about nurses, physician assistants, NPs, PAs? Um, from From what I read, it was doctors. That's why you gotta be careful. So let's go back and let's talk about what is a Brazilian butt lift, right? Because the name is kind of deceiving because you're thinking that it's actually going to lift your butt, but it really doesn't do that. It's not really what the surgery is about. Um, hmm. it's, it's a specialized fat transfer procedure. So what they do is they can do liposuction in areas where you have more fat, which they normally t- typically take it from your abdomen, your hips, other places where you have fat. And they're literally what they're doing is they um, take this excess fat, they remove it from these areas, and they literally, what they're doing, they're taking the fat from other places and injecting it into your butt to give you that shape that you want. Now, the main mm. danger with that is that there's a certain amount of fat that you have to inject in certain places. You can't inject too much fat. And in your butt, you have veins. So if we're injecting a whole bunch of fat in there, it doesn't take, goes in your veins, you can throw a clot and you can die. So that is really the dangerous part about it. And the thing is, is that you can't inject too much fat. So let's say you want your butt to look like, I don't know, like you want, like I'm going to be honest, guys, if I'm going to do something like that, I'm going to be extra. So I'm going to make sure that everybody knows. Because <laughs> that's just how I am. That's just my personality. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be extra. So you might want like a huge, humongous butt for your frame, but your frame can't really hold that and you can't really have this much fat at that certain time. So what happens sometimes is that the patient might desire a certain look, but you would have to probably go multiple times in order to get that look because there's a certain amount. You can't inject too much fat at one time. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So basically what the surgery is, is like an augmentation, right? So the shape and proportion of your buttocks is largely related to your genetics, right? And the surgery can overcome that by injecting the fat in certain places and giving you the illusion that you want, right? So they reshape it and also in the surrounding areas so you can get that aesthetic booty that you desire. The procedure is usually done, is usually an outpatient procedure. They can do it under general anesthesia or they can do it under IV sedation or even local anesthesia. Like I said, they, they got to inject it in the right amount and they can't do too much in one area because then we can cause problems. So recovery time. So the pain can be 
pretty well controlled with meds. I mean, of course, when you have surgery, you're going to have pain, swelling in the area, right? The thing is, if you're going to do the surgery, you can't sit or lie directly on your on your buttock for at least two weeks after the surgery. So you got to be willing to do that. So you got to sleep on your stomach, on your side, um, and can't really do too many activities. So the only time you can maybe sit on the toilet is like sit is if you need to use the toilet. But other than that, you're not supposed to be sitting on it. Um, that is extremely difficult. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so much work. It is. And then after you, if everything goes well for the two weeks, then you can do modified positions using a donut um, or placing a pill on your th- on your, between your thigh to reduce the pressure in your thighs. Normal sitting, usually, activity is usually allowed after like about eight weeks. And then you can resume light duty. Eight weeks before you can normally yeah. sit? I don't understand. And you can resume light duty with one week after surgery and then return to work within 10 to 14 days. You also have to like have like some loose clothing as well. And then a lot of people do like things to like shape it, like to hold their shape. And also to prevent some swelling, you got to do like those massages to kind of prevent swelling. This is so expensive. Yeah. So, but who, but who also has the time to take off work for all this time? So that's, that's you know what I mean. What I'm if like, like if this is if what you want to like, do, you know, like you do the surgery, and it's not just that. You have to be willing to do the aftercare as well, because the aftercare is important. Because if you don't do that, then you can have more complications, and you can run the risk that it doesn't look right or it like it doesn't take like you wanted to. Well, now I understand why so many people come in with complications and infections and stuff because that's hard to do. Like you cannot sit on your behind for 2 weeks straight. Mm-hmm. That's just hard. Mm-hmm. And what do they tell you when you do when you do have to have a bowel movement, you have to do it as quick as possible and not like what are you supposed to do hover over the toilet and not sit on the toilet and just like this is too do much. Do you poop this standing up like European style or something? Like how does that work? I mean, I guess you could sit for a while, but they're not trying to have you like if you constipate. So I'm like, if you're constipated, they're probably going to be like, you shouldn't really do that. But then like, but it, it's kind of hard because if you know that you can't sit to use the bathroom, you're probably not going to want to use the bathroom. And that probably makes you constipated and then probably just makes things worse. Right. Um, those are all good questions. Especially if you're on payments. Yeah. And those are all good questions. And I'm not quite sure how it goes. But when I was looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is. This is kind of a commitment. It's a lot, you know. But kind of, it is. But kind of with the, you know, with the big BBL like explosion, like not literally, but like with people like going out to getting them. There's like a whole bunch of these uh, uh, services that opened up for people like go get the BBL. So you can actually hire like these third party companies to come in and actually take care of you after you get the BBL. So they'll do those massages that you're talking about. Well, like, they'll literally, like, put on your faja or faja, which I'm sure Dr. Chris will talk about. Um, they'll actually, like, dress you and, like, clean you and bathe, like, pretty much, like, what you they would do for you and if you were in, like, a hospital-like setting. They'll do all of that for you for a, a good amount, a good amount of money. For a price. For a price. For a price. For a price, yeah. But, I mean, those companies, they popped up and, you know, they, they're making a killing on it because so many people are going out to get these done. So yeah, geez. yeah, and I'm sure that is probably part of what could make the cost cost way more as well. And they and they say that this is one of the most dangerous surgeries because of how I mentioned that you can easily get a blood clot and die. 
and it was it had the highest mortality rate as of any cosmetic surgery in 2018. One in 3,000 people died from a BBL. It can be safer now, but it really is important to make sure that you find the right surgeon who is qualified and board certified to do this so you can definitely minimize your risk, right? Because all surgeries come with risk, right? So mm-hmm. a government doesn't, like I was saying, they don't routinely require the surgeons to be specially trained in in these procedures. So you can have a surgeon that does, let's say, plastic surgeon that does a BBL, but really it's not necessarily trained in that per se and probably doesn't do it that often, but maybe did some YouTube videos. And so I was like, oh, okay, I figured it out. I can do this, right? So you really want mm-hmm. them to be trained in it. You really want to also look to see if um, how much experience they have in doing that particular procedure, right? So a lot of times they'll have pictures of before and after, you know, you also want them to be more pleasing aesthetically for you. So listen, quick interruption. I'm from South Florida. People don't do that much research on getting these booties. You know what they do? They have a friend that got it. They like the way their friend's booty looks. They ask, hey girl, hey, where'd you get your booty done? Oh girl, you ain't heard about Dr. So-and-so? Oh girl, look, see Dr. So-and-so did this. You can't even tell. It's largely word of mouth across the board and then once you and then once you get the word of mouth and they say girl yeah this doctor did this you should check out his instagram and then they go to the doctor's instagram they look at all these pictures of all these booties that this doctor's done or says he's done and then they make the decision off of that (laughs) i mean dr miami runs like south florida that's the most probably the biggest and most like you know out there social media plastic surgeon in like the nation right now Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in the field of plastic surgery, it just thrives on social media because that's all social media is about is the look. It's about the look and, you know, and, you know, using whatever filters, whatever you want to make whatever platform, you know, make it how you want it to look. That's 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 it thrives on social media. Everything about mm-hmm. it. But like but like what Dr. Chris said, you know, if you do if you do choose to do a BBL, make sure that you're doing it for you. And not, you know, focusing on someone else and trying to look like them or better than them. You know, at the end of the day, when you choose these cosmetic procedures, it's about kind of what you want to, what your best self looks like to you. And don't, don't compare yourself to anyone else. So that's, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I totally agree with you, but in this day and age, it is really hard to not do that because I feel like that is what our society is like with social media, like just compare, you're looking. So the whole thing is when I mentioned in the beginning, right, it was more so like, oh, you see lots of like augmented breasts, like a big breast and like, who, who's somebody that had big breasts? Oh, the lady on the Baywatch. What was her name? Pamela Anderson, right. You see her with the big breasts and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. That's all you're looking at. And those were the images that you grew up with. I mean, depending on your age. And then, (laughs) and then it just switched to everybody has big butt and then it becomes the standard of beauty. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then these are the images that you're seeing. So if you're always seeing that you're going to compare like, well, this is what people think is beautiful. I don't look like that. Mm-hmm. I could do something so I could look like that. Yep. Well, I remember when the, the world mm-hmm. shut down, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. 
and um when uh facebook went on hiatus for Mm -hmm. six hours or whatever you know one of the things that they came out was that they knew that you know social media facebook instagram was changing was changing people's perceptions of body image and was creating these narratives and these negative thoughts in people's heads so you know you almost you you know some of these people almost are just set up for failure Mm -hmm. they're going Mm -hmm. to want to get it and I cannot imagine dying of a fat embolism trying to get a big booty. Right. That uh, a fat embolism for the listeners is an embol- it's basically the clot that Dr. Chris was talking about, and an embolism means that that clot has moved to somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. Amy Jo just did a no no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then when it moves to the someplace else, uh, what's life threatening is moves and and you can't breathe and it's in your lung. And it's bad and it's because you're because you're yeah because your artery and veins are it's a mm-hmm. system. So if a clot happens in one portion of the system, it can move to somewhere else and do what Dr. Chris just said. It can move into the heart and the lung and kill you. That's how it works. So I, I do I agree with you guys. I think social media has a has a big part to to play in this, you know, which is also why when Chris was mentioning like the time frames where it has become more common, I think you said from what, 2015 mm-hmm. to 29, you think when you think about those time frames in the age of social media, that is likely why it is having the effect that it, that it did. Cause before social media, you just saw it either in person or you read about it weeks later and people jet magazine, whatever. Like you, it was just like this delayed, like, Oh, that's what she looked like now. Oh, okay. Like it's just this delayedness of it, but now everything's in your face and it alters your perceptions. So there are certain good candidates to have, uh, to do this surgery. So what makes you a good candidate? Um, if you want this augmentation without implants, implants is a different thing. They're just pretty much in the implants is just, they're putting silicone in your, in your butt to make it bigger. Um, the problem with that is that you know that the silicone can burst and cause complications. But most people just mm-hmm. do the the most popular one now is the fat, um, the liposuction and injecting the fat into the buttocks. But to, a good candidate is someone who has good skin tone, hips, and buttocks to to adequately hold the the fat. And you have to have adequate fat stores. So if you don't have enough fat to inject then that won't work which makes sense Mm. right and basically willing to do the aftercare that we talked about willing to not be able to sit on your butt for about a few for several weeks so all of those things when you said when you said silicone versus the fat and all the different options is that when people start talking about like you know how easily it can move and how firm Mm -hmm. it is and that's kind of where that conversation yeah. goes. Into. Yeah. Um, so the fat, of course, is more natural because it's your fat and it's like and then it kind of like embeds in the area. Um, the implants, it's it's just people are not really doing the implants anymore because they're literally like I said, it's literally just implant and just making it bigger. So I the feel I'm sure is not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And I think the movement's yeah. not the same either. Yeah. I only. Because I've been on Twitter for too long and they approached Nicki Minaj about this. And she said that her butt surgery was like a mixture of two different things. I think it was like, like fat mixed with the silicone. She did. She's like, oh, it's some type of mixture to make her butt look the way that it does. And I was like, listen, again, TMI on the Internet. Right. TMI. Right. Right. But um, mainly my take home point is if this is what you want to do, you definitely 
have to do your research. Make sure this person, surgeon, is board certified. Make sure you like the facility. You look, know where the operating facility is. You don't want to go someplace where it's dirty looking because if it's dirty looking, it's not clean. Best believe you're possibly going to have an infection. You can die from sepsis, which means your infection is all over your body and you literally can die. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so all of those things are important. Make sure that there's good customer service. Like if you have questions, you can talk to them. Um, and if you have questions, you know, go and talk to your doctor, you know. You know, K. Michelle is actually um, coming out with a plastic surgery uh, reality series on Lifetime. That is going to be amazing because she was a very interesting person because she actually did the BBL and then she went and got it re- um, removed. Yes, because it was leaking and oh, she, oh. it was like leaking and then she went and got it reversed and then she did all this plastic surgery in her face, mm-hmm. which is like separate, but she's doing a whole like surgery series on Lifetime in 2022 and it's supposed to, it's, it's called like how surgery almost killed me, wow. how plastics almost killed me. Yeah. It's like, it, she's going to be like raw and unedited and talk about her surgeries and how she almost lost her life and this whole thing and why she chose to get the surgery she did. And it's going to be on lifetime. It's going to be crazy. Ah, but that um, is awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like once you get one done, it's kind of like, you just keep doing it. It's yeah. like you, you see, okay, this works and you just keep doing this and you keep doing that and you do the tummy tuck and you do this. And I'm not, Throwing any shots at anybody who did their tummy tucks or anything like that. Great. You look great. You love it. I love it. You know, but it just seems like it, it's a lot of times it it can just, you just keep going. And I feel like some people, like they've gone so far in surgeries that they don't even look like who they were before. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people who have lots of surgeries, they tend to look the same, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so- and I, I just think that doing so much surgeries is kind of like we don't get to embrace our di- – I, I think what's great about us is that we have so much diversity, so much different shapes. Like if everyone kind of looks the same, it kind of kind of makes it boring to me. Um, I agree. But everybody, feel, but everybody feels differently about it. Well, okay. So, uh, one question we have, because you guys need to send us more. Um, our inbox is embarrassingly low with questions, but send us more when you get a chance. So, kind of going along with the COVID talk we had earlier, um, this question is, how can I figure out if I have COVID-19 symptoms or just allergies? Thank you for your help. So, so as you, as we have seen, beginning of the pandemic you know covid was being confused with like the common cold and the flu because you know they're all caused by a virus and their symptoms can be very similar um the weird thing with covid is that it can affect you can have symptoms in almost every area and it starts out like it almost starts out like kind of like a chronic cold flu process so so you sometimes you'll come in with like the big hallmark of covid is that you'll come in with like a dry persistent hacking cough and also you get really high fevers you get body aches um what we saw a lot in the hospitals that people were actually coming in with like belly pain and diarrhea um which was actually related solely to the covid because that virus can also attack your gi system as well 
Um, but the biggest thing that COVID kind of stood out from all the other viruses that we would see is that your oxygen levels were low. So you don't get that with allergies. Typically, it's kind of more up in your face, your nasal area. So you get like really congested. Um, you have a lot of sneezing. Um, you can also see like the redness or the congestion like in your nose. And also if you have allergies, you'll get the um, irithym- sorry, redness of your eyes. Um, so those are more kind of ways that you can tell apart uh, COVID, which if you're symptomatic and your symptoms are severe enough, it will put you in the hospital. With allergies, you know, they're bothersome, but for the most part, you don't get that shortness of breath and that that hacking cough that you would get with COVID. Um, so those are kind of the ways that we have told been, been able to tell them apart um, between the two. So yeah. I don't know if you, have- you also you also don't have loss of taste and smell with allergies. Mm-hmm. That's specifically a COVID mm-hmm. thing. Like if you have some cold coming on or something and all of a sudden you can't smell anything, you can't taste anything, you have COVID. Surprise. <laughs> but, you know, I think even if you're not sure, you should always go and see your doctor. You know, And then the tests, the tests are all widely available, um, you know, so you can get rapid. Well, now you can get rapids and PCRs almost everywhere. Um, so if you do, if you are concerned, you know, just walk in and get a test and you'll be able to figure out, you know, right then and there. I agree. No, no. You should tell the people where they should send their questions to. And uh, yeah, so we can get more. You can either plug us now or you can plug us later, but let them know where to send you the things. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. So we're closing out. So be sure to send us your questions at the chocolate MDs at gmail.com. Uh, you can also use our question uh, form uh, that we have on our website at www.thechocolatemds.com. And also check us out on our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handles are at thechocolatemds. And feel free to slide into the DMs. You can send your questions via that way. And Slide. Yes, yeah, slide. And you can. we'll be sure to address them on our upcoming shows. Oh, Yay. also one more thing. Sorry. One more thing. So we have a big talk coming up with the Lansing area Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. Um, So we have like a health talk uh, that's coming up on November 6th at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So if you guys want to check us out um, and also, you know, feel free to send us some questions or put in your info. Uh, We'll be glad to see you there. And we hope that you guys can join us. Yes. Will that will that be on our social too? It's already it's up on, on our, our website. Like a oh, see, Nono's already ahead of the game. It's our it's already on. You there. know, you know, she <laughs> planned this. She got this. I know she, she got, got this. this. She's ahead of the game. We are also very aware that we are cheating you guys this week on chocolate kisses because of shenanigans and obstacles that maybe we'll tell you about one day. Maybe not. I don't know. There's a lot lot going on. But point is, you guys are not going to get chocolate kisses today, but you might get double kisses next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Let's wait for the double kisses. It'll be great. Yes, exactly. Who doesn't want double kisses? Everybody wants more kisses. But until then, we will see you lovely people next week or the week after next. Bye, guys. Stay safe.